Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Hey, what's up? It's Craig. Two things real quick before we dive into the podcast. First is the time that we actually recorded this, which was last Monday. We anticipated putting this out on Thursday as Logan is doing a bunch of travel. And then Terry McLaren signed his contract and we decided we needed to do a fresh podcast. So you got Thursday's fresh pod and then we have all this amazing football conversation on this podcast. But if you hear one or two references to Well, if Terry signs, the reason why is because we recorded it before Terry signed. The other thing, you might notice my audio quality is not quite up to the level that we expect. Somehow, some way, some settings got crossed and it recorded off my laptop instead of my good microphone. So I apologize for that. Still plenty easy to hear. I'm just acknowledging that uh, I goofed. So sorry about that. Hope it doesn't negatively impact your listening experience at all or at the very least not that much. Uh, With that, we'll be back with a fresh pod on Thursday, and I hope you enjoy the holiday mailbag and have had a great weekend with you and yours. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. We got a mailbag edition today. Uh, I got to say, I must have exhausted all of my my Twitter mailbag. (laughs) Uh, questions. I got I got a couple uh, at Hoffman Show at Craig Hoffman, but Logan, you put up the bat signal on Instagram, yeah. and your followers came through at Logan underscore Paulson eighty two. That's where they can find you, and that's where we found all the questions. Well, I will say you taught me how to ask like a question, and so like without you, it wouldn't be possible. Let's just say Thank that you. That, uh, <laughs> that means so much to me. Instagram 101. We went through after the pod on Monday. Uh, but it's all right. We got the questions. We got them in. We have a bag full of them. It is a mailbag. Normally we do mailbag Monday. We're just doing a full-on mailbag episode. We'll probably do a couple more of these throughout the uh, the summer here as, you know, there's there's not, I mean, look, there are things happening. Obviously, we continue to monitor what's happening with Dan and the subpoena and his yacht and all those kinds of things. That is the biggest news item around this team right now. Um, Football-wise, you kind of hope nothing happens this time of year, which obviously opens us up to have some fun discussions about a variety of things. We're going to try to do uh, a bunch of positional previews as we work towards training camp, and we're going to try to bring in an expert on each one. For instance, I feel pretty confident that this guy's going to come on, even though we haven't asked him yet, but I'm going to throw his name out there. Like, We'll do a receiver positional preview. We'll have Santana Moss on. Right. So like we, we will grab someone who either was a coach or a player in the league at that position or has some kind of expertise. So we're really looking forward to doing that. Uh, over the next couple of weeks on the podcast. But for today, uh, let's hit a mailbag. Uh, and there are some really good ones. Uh, this one, uh, this is kind of a fun discussion. It's actually a simple, like, yes or no. The answer is no, and we could move on. But it actually, I think, is a fun discussion around it. Uh, is Cole Holcomb a top 100 player? Uh, the answer the answer is no. Uh, right. But that's, 
that's because I think people don't necessarily understand how high the level is for top 100. Cole's, Cole's a good, good football player, but uh, for instance, last year, player number 100 was James Robinson, who's an outstanding back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got Brandon Sheriff, uh, who was an all-pro, uh, who was 98 last year. So just the, the bar is very, very high. Yeah, and also I think, you know, obviously if he goes out and leads the league in tackles, there's an opportunity that he gets on there because it is a little bit of a, um, to put it nicely, a dog and pony show. Like I used to vote for this list, and you kind of just go through the big names. You kind of say, oh, like how's Aaron Donald doing? Is he okay? Yeah, he's on the list. Uh, Tom Brady on the list. And so as you get out of that top, I'd say like 25, 30, maybe even 50 names, you know, including receivers, running backs, all that stuff, the bottom of that gets pretty dicey in terms of guys that you've heard of guys that are probably playing good football but guys that you just that aren't like immediate name recognition like brian robinson's a great example very productive guy thousand yard rusher but you know when you said his name i thought you were talking about the defensive tackle that used to play in uh, he plays in la so again like you don't it's not like the first name that comes to mind when you think of good backs and I, so i think cole in especially playing in this market here with the commanders a team that's kind of in a rebuild a lot of other stuff going on in terms of media exposure um, is going to have a hard time cracking that list, even if he is having you know a career year. So I think that's something important to understand. I think he's capable of doing that. Kind of all the stars align. They're not playing against elite quarterbacks this year. They're probably going to see more runs. They're going to be playing from ahead a little bit more this year. His production is going to be up, no doubt. But like you said, Greg, very, very challenging to kind of break into that group just because of the name recognition factor, I think. Yeah, especially for a guy that's not super, uh, you know, super heralded uh, coming out of college. Correct. Et All right, next question. Uh, if, and and I, I have a feeling you're going to dislike the premise here on both ends of the question, but I'm, I'm, it came in. We're going to ask it. If Jahan Dotson is a bust, would you <laughs> fire Ron Rivera and or Martin Mayhew? Uh, I think that's the idea is that fans want to fire people for busted draft picks. But, you know, we did our draft evaluations, right? And we talked about that pretty extensively. And I think one of the things that comes up is how subjective the draft process actually is. And we talked about our running backs in the last podcast. If you didn't listen to that, check it out. And it's so subjective. It's my opinion, things I value. And you hope that those things translate to the next level. And so obviously I think, you know, when you look at their draft history in terms of first round draft picks, Chase Young, I don't think there was any disagreement on him across the board. He was almost a unanimous number one pick in the draft. He falls to number two, whatever. Like that's that's part of the process. Injuries, you know, development, all those things. Jamin, I think there was a little bit more risk associated with that pick, obviously. He's got high upside. He's in year two. Look around the league, look at the linebackers. Look at linebackers who are playing straight linebacker obviously the kid in Dallas is an outlier because he's pass rushing and he's playing in coverage but right. Zaven Collins um Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Thomas the kid who's also in Arizona who's from Clemson uh, uh Isaiah know, Simmons Isaiah Simmons very very kind of tumultuous beginnings to their career in terms of on the field stuff because playing linebacker in the NFL is so hard I you know I watch a lot of film Craig and when I'm watching just even simple runs there's so many things to confound their keys. It's going to take time. It's going to take reps. It's going to take exposures. And I think with a guy like Jamin, you're betting on him being good. Better this year, kind of elite good year three is what you're really hoping for. And again, that's why draft evals are so tough. Because you got to say, it's not this year. It's not even next year. It might be three years out. I think an excellent example of that is the outside linebacker up in Green Bay, who uh, Gray from, uh, where is he from, Michigan? 
he was an outstanding player, measured really well, and didn't really come on until the third year in terms of having double-digit sacks, tackle for loss numbers. So again, even though you want to look at it in this very short window, draft eval is a long-term process. And I think, right. you know, and we mentioned Jahan, you know, you, you kind of alluded to Jahan in the question. I don't think Jahan's going to be a bust. At, you know, after watching him in ODAs, after watching what he did in college, I think the foundation is laid for him to have a very, very productive rookie season. And receivers, for whatever reason, are becoming are coming in very productive. So I think he fits that mold. I think he's going to be productive. I think having Wentz here, if they do re-sign Terry, that's just going to benefit him. So I don't think that's going to be a bust. I think this year's draft class specifically, they did a really good job of finding guys who the fans are going to be happy about because they're going to be on the field a lot early. And I, and I think that's going to prevent any type of firing because of personnel errors in the right. past. Um, like to go with the premise of the question, if Jahan is somehow terrible and I believe <laughs> that, uh, you know, I believe that James is gonna be a lot better, but let's pretend for yeah. the sake of the question that he is terrible again. Yeah. There's a chance that Mayhew could be on the line and depending on how other things go, there's a chance Rivera could be on the line. But I, I do think like the correct answer to this question is if you are, that assumes that Jamin Davis is a bust and that's incorrect. Like right. it's your two. Was right. he really bad as a rookie? Yeah, it was not good. Is it the kind of thing that you, based off that, you could say you potentially overdrafted him because you want your first round pick in the you know top two thirds of the first round to come in and be impactful day one? Yeah, I think that's also fair. Like, is is that more of a second round kind of player, someone who's going to come in, struggle, and grow into being a very good football player? Yeah, but to say that he is a bust based off one year when all right. the reports are he's way better already going into the spring of year two is, uh, I, we'll call it presumptuous. It is uh, presumptuous. And and just to kind of piggyback on that, like Zaven Collins, who was a guy that I liked better in that class, who was picked, I think, right before him by Arizona at 15, had a, a graded worse. He played less. He graded worse. It's it's a tough, as in terms of projecting positions, linebacker is one of the most difficult positions to project. So as fans listening to this, just keep that in mind. Like, Every single rookie linebacker outside of Micah Parsons, who, if you just look at his linebacker stuff, also struggled. But because he has this outstanding ability to pass rush, his grade is all its in flux in a positive way. Just keep that in mind. Like He will get better. He has gotten better. He looks better. Is he going to be a Pro Bowl player this year? No. But is he going to be a serviceable starting player that's going to make some splash plays? I think so, as long as like when the pads come on, he continues to progress. Right. You hear that? Your dog knows spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including NexGuard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order that's petmeds.com and promo code podcast uh all right next question 
Uh, again, these are coming from Instagram. You can hit Logan at Logan underscore Paulson 82. Follow him there for a bunch of great content. Uh, get smarter about football. You know, good stuff. Yeah, uh, good stuff. And, and I think I think this kind of might play into the last question a little bit, uh, although it wouldn't seem so on its face. Who are some of the early contenders for Commander's MVP? I think, obviously, Wentz has yeah. got to be at the top of that list because quarterbacks are always at the top of the MVP list, and if he plays well that would project them to their best version of their season. Um, so, But then I, I think that there are certainly other candidates, and I actually think a sleeper could be Jamin Davis. If he comes out and balls out, like he could change that defense as much as pretty much anybody. Obviously, Chase, uh, if he comes in and has a huge impact when he gets back up, up assuming that's where he starts. Uh, Montez, obviously, John has a, has a chance on the defensive side of the ball. But I, I think of like who could be the most impactful splash play kind of player on the defensive side uh, if we're just throwing out candidates. Like I actually think Jamin is is a sleeper to enter that conversation. Yeah, and I think I would say Jamin too if he was playing more. The guy right now who's playing the most at linebacker is Cole because he's calling your defense. He's playing in your Cinco package. He's playing in all these different fronts, and he's looked good. They've done a good job of finding defensive linemen when Payne, Allen, and Federian are in there that keep him covered up and let him run to the football. And Jamin has looked good. I just don't know if his if his time on the field is going to support him having like this tremendous production. And that might change as as training camp goes. They might say, "Man, this guy," because he has flashed. Like, in, you know, dude ran a four four coming out of college. He's six three. He's two hundred forty five pounds. And when he opens it up and runs to the ball, which he's done more this off season, you say, "Man, that is something that is very unique around the NFL." So. Keep, I, I think it's more if you if you got betting odds, I think that's a long shot, but it's definitely something that is entirely possible depending on how the development of the offseason goes. Cole, I totally agree with. He's going to be in there. He's probably going to lead the team in tackles. He's going to be kind of in more advantage, advantageous situations. The offense is going to be more productive. It's going to put the defense in better situations. You're not seeing elite quarterback play. His play is going to improve. A guy that I think you know gets a lot of pub, but people forget about him for whatever reason, is Cam Curl. Has looked mm-hmm. on the verge, like he's put himself in good position in the offseason, in the OTA period, to kind of set himself up for a big year. And they're going to use him a lot as a blitzer. They're going to use him a lot as a Buffalo nickel. They're going to use him a lot in the post. He's a guy that's very instinctive, good length, good physical tools. I like him a lot. You mentioned Montez. I think Montez, just from a confidence and play standpoint from the OTA period, is is that guy. I think he's. you're looking at double-digit sacks. You're looking at probably 20 tackle for loss, that type of season from him. And I don't. I think that's that, that's being conservative, quite frankly. So I'm excited about those three guys. I think another guy that deserves some name recognition here because of what he does for the defense, at least from the OTA period, is a guy like Benjamin St. Juice, if he can get that nickel roll locked down because it really solidifies the back end. But those are kind of my four pieces that I would be keeping an eye on on the defensive side of the ball. Are we do an offense as well? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go a couple names on offense. Um, yeah. Obviously, Carson, I don't think yeah. we need to waste extra time explaining why a quarterback could be the team's MVP. Uh, yeah. Antonio Gibson, the sheer number of touches they, they tried to get him last year, if they are trying to do that again, uh, again, even if he wanted to carry number not being that different from Brian Robinson, um, which is something that you think is, is very possible, especially as we get later on in the year because of how good Robinson looks as a potential first and second down back. And by the way, how good rookie running backs have been because there's just a freshness to a rookie that is guys get on in their career. We talked about this uh, last episode with Zeke. Like there's something that comes off as, as guys go in terms of the explosiveness as they take more and more and more hits. 
But with Antonio, you also are looking at a guy who can get catches on screen passes out of the backfield, can line up out wide. Obviously, they do a lot of that stuff with McKissick. He should be the guy who touches the ball the most this year. Thus, he's got to be in the conversation. In terms of guys that can make a huge impact, though, and kind of change the direction of their season based off what it was last year, obviously, Terry, um, if your best receiver uh, has got to be in that mix. If he goes out with Carson, that deep ball becomes more available to him. He has a 12, 13, 1400 yard season, you know, double digit touchdowns, definitely in the MVP conversation for this team. But also Curtis Samuel, the, the way that he is able to unlock a lot of things within this offense, whether it's the stuff specific to him, some of the trick plays, some of the reverses, jet sweeps, all these kinds of things, uh, some of the screen game that they wanted to have for him, or the other stuff that opens up off of that, the, the, the kind of cheap and easy yardage, if you will, you'll be able to get by faking something to Samuel, knowing something's going to be wide open on the backside. The threat of Samuel if he is healthy, I think has to put him offensively into this conversation. I don't disagree with that. I think also, you know, just to kind of support your point even more, like so much of what they do from a run game standpoint is off the jet sweep, off the reverse action with a guy like Curtis Samuel. And that's more effective when you're worried that he's going to touch the ball because he is a dangerous playmaker, excuse me. And so I think obviously I I don't disagree with that. I would put him lower because I don't think he's going to get as many touches. I think the guy – coming out of OTAs, that would be, if you were giving an MVP today, it would be Carson Wentz and Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson just looked like we talked about this on the podcast a couple times, like a number one receiver. Like, that's the kind of vibes he's bringing. And so, obviously, Terry, you know, I've talked about how much we like Terry on this podcast, how impactful that would be. But he's not here right now, so it would be Jahan. Again, Terry's always in that discussion because of his past performance and because of his history. Um, the next one would be, again, I agree with the Gibson thing. I just would be a little bit concerned about how many touches he actually gets. I think he'll be more effective with those touches. I think he'll be fresher. I think he's yeah. going to be way more productive. But, again, he's not going to end up with 250 touches this year, I don't think. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's kind of that's it. Another kind of dark horse-ish type of thing would be one of the tight ends. And, you know, Bates, obviously, I don't think he's going to get that many touches. But let's say, for example, a guy like Cole Turner. This is way down the list, just to kind of give the audience some different names. Um, is He has shown an ability to make elite catches consistently in practice without pads on. And so that's a guy that could be six seven. Physically, he's a mismatch just coming off the bus. Can Scott Turner find a way in this very deep kind of landscape of playmakers to utilize that skill set? And I, in the red zone, you know, ended up with, you know, maybe mm-hmm. multiple touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns in college on one-on-one type of situations. He has a nice skill set for that. So, again, that's a dark horse candidate, but someone to kind of just keep an eye on as the development goes, especially if Logan Thomas isn't healthy early in the season. Yeah. Um, we had another question about uh, potential pro bowlers. I think we pretty much named everybody there. I would, add, except for on offensive line, defensive line, I would add John Allen, Deron Payne as potential pro bowlers for sure. Uh, if you had to pick one of the offensive linemen as the highest likelihood to make the pro bowl this year, who would it be? That's a really good question. Um, well, obviously Chase Roulet hasn't practiced at all, but he's kind of the high. He's been the highest graded player consistently. I think it's a very dense landscape with center. A guy that I think might surprise some people athletically has the ability to do something. And obviously playing, playing tackle in the NFL is tough is, is Cosby. Like when you watch mm-hmm. him, he's, he's such an elite athlete that if it kind of clicks for him and things fall into place, I think there's a really good opportunity there for him to, uh, to turn some heads, you know, and obviously it takes some time to get in the pro bowl voting or whatever, uh, because of, you know, like the, the name recognition and stuff like that. But he's a guy that, 
he went up against Joey Bosa last year in the first game and was very competitive and you know was very productive as the season went on. I think he had the highest graded run. He was the highest graded run blocker uh, for any rookie offensive lineman last year. And so again, he brings that same skill set. It'll be interesting to see how he plays without Sheriff right next to him, kind of keeping things in line. But that's again a, a very long shot, very dark horse. But I don't think it's without you know outside the realm of possibility.